This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports. Five on Three, WFUV's NHL podcast back three days into the playoffs, game four, uh, game two tonight at Madison Square Garden. Thomas Quigley was at game one, which lasted about 46 hours. And Tyler Mooney is here as well. Uh, Quigs, the vibes in Madison Square Garden with a Getty Malkin tip that in were? Uh, pretty dead. I actually um, said uh, right before that goal went in uh, to our great uh, beat reporter, Mike Messina, who is joining me, that um, it was like maybe a second before it went in that I was like, man, if, that, if, if the Penguins score right now, I'll probably kill myself. <laughs> and a second later, of course, they score. And uh, you know, like on the on the Chase Bridge, it's it would be pretty easy to kill yourself if you if you wanted to. I immediately said after that was a joke. I'm not gonna do that. So I I'm still alive here today. I'm going to the game tonight. Should be fun with you. I, that's with that's true with me. Yeah. How are you, Tyler? I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Your mic's off there, buddy. I'm pretty good. There you go. Obviously a tough loss for the Rangers, but they gotta bounce back tonight. Yeah, they do. Um, it's. Man, it's it's tough because I think I think that the Penguins winning that game puts the Rangers in a must win spot tonight. If it was just a one nothing where it's like, okay, well, we lost three two in regulation, it's like, all right, well, you know, we when you're down at one zero at home, you always have to win game two. But they do have the best goalie in the world, so you have a feeling you could win four out of five games, pretty much no problem against a team you've dominated all year long. Now. Everybody's exhausted, including Shesterkin makes 79 saves. This feels like a must-win game tonight against Louis freaking Domingue. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's absolutely must-win. You can't go down 0-2 at home. Um, yeah, against, you know, Louis Domingue, Chef Louis. If you can't beat the third-string goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins, you're, I mean, you might as well go home. Yeah, oh, you might as well just go home. No, you might yeah, as well. I mean, like the this is uh, this is uh, which, by the way, I, they couldn't beat Louis Domingue. They had seventeen yeah, opportunities to do it. They had seventeen opportunities to do it, and they couldn't beat a guy who hasn't played basically since pre-pandemic, and it just had a rank-looking spicy yeah. beef. I don't know it, if you saw the picture. His stomach was probably. Did oh you have God, the spicy I, beef? I did not have the spicy. Okay. Beef. I don't know where he got that. from. I think it was Penguins meal. I was thinking maybe maybe you had it because it was like a media meal or something. Well, they actually gave us uh, meal vouchers this time, so you're you're in for a treat. Ooh, yeah, we got twenty five dollar meal vouchers. Carnegie I'm, is Carnegie there? Yeah, right. I don't know. Where'd you go? I went to like Daily Burger. Okay, I'll good. have to take a loop loop around. Never been to MSG as a fan, so I gotta. I'll text Caldwell. Ask him what the spot is. What's yeah. the spot in your opinion? Um, I don't really. I'm eat not a sushi MSG, guy. If I'm I, gonna uh, be honest. Okay, it's way I'm, too expensive. For they my used to budget. have like uh, this like pizza place that I can't even I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, Casa Casa Nona. Casa Nona. They, they, okay. they had some good pizza there, but I right. I can't find it anywhere anymore. Okay, so. well we'll take a look. We have a couple hours here. But right, you asked me a question before I got into the food talk. I completely <laughs> forgot what it was. Did you have the spicy beef? Oh right, no, that's what I was going to talk about. Um, that was a hilarious interview. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. <laughs> so, some spicy pork. No, it's spicy pork spicy and broccoli. Pork and broccoli. And the way that he ends the interview with, not the best. <laughs> not the best. Man, Fantastic. oh man. Well, I mean, Chinese food in New York is supposed to be pretty good. I don't know. I don't know where they got their Chinese food from, but yeah, it was that was a crazy story. And obviously, Louis Domingue coming becoming something of a legend out there in Pittsburgh for winning a triple overtime game. That probably should not have gone to triple overtime. This is the number one talking point. Quiggs, you were on Twitter right away saying this shouldn't be a goal. 
I was right away in the group chat saying that should be a goal. Tyler stayed absent absent of the conversation. You were saying it should be a goal? 100%. Really? I thought it should have been a goal as well. I I see I now see the argument for no goal because he he's coming in he's kind of at the top of the crease already and it looks like he's on a line that's going to take out to Smith. Dumoulin Dumoulin knocks him like way out. Right. I, without Dumoulin there, Kako hits the Smith. I that's what at I, the end of that's the day. what I was thinking but when I was watching the replay. Without a doubt, Dumoulin makes it so DeSmith goes flying out of the net like he's in NHL 95. I don't think that should have been a goal. People who are way smarter than I am, who have made their lives on on goalie interference, this guy, uh, Sean McIndoe from The Athletic, it's like his thing. He's like, I'm so sick of goalie interference. I'm just going to learn everything about the rule. He says no goal because Kaka was already in the crease. Uh, this is I like as... I mean- this was as close, like this was as subjective a goalie interference call as you could get. Which, like, I personally think it should have been allowed. But like, I the argument no goal is absolutely one hundred percent valid. I think this is like one of the closest which makes, calls that we've had. Which makes it that they should have kept it a goal. Exactly. That's my that's, big thing. That's they the big called one. it a goal on yeah. the ice. I my understanding is you have to find one hundred percent completely conclusive evidence to yeah, overturn it. They say that it. in every sport. It's I never don't true. see yeah. how you can call that a goal on the ice, especially the guy who calls it a goal is the ref who's standing in the corner. He has a perfect angle of Dumoulin knocking Kako into the net. So I don't see how you know you call that a goal live and then are to overturn that. I feel like they probably err on the side of calling it a goal because it's probably easier to overturn. Based on goalie interference, Correct. whereas if they call it goalie interference and then they look at that and they're like, I mean, no matter what, if they call it goalie interference on the ice, that call would have stood. There's no way that they're overturning yeah. that in favor of a goal. And I also think that, um, I mean, if like, even if if Dumoulin's not there and Kako say like, he doesn't completely take out uh, DeSmith, but he grazes him to a point where like he's unable to make the save. That's goalie interference. Yeah, it? it is. It is. So. And it clearly, it clearly had an impact on the play. I think at the end of the day, though, if you're a Ranger fan and you wholeheartedly disagree with the call, which if you listen to WFAN, if you look on Twitter, it's almost all of them, you can't complain about it anymore because you had 17 opportunities to be basically a grocery store clerk. I mean, they were going to call Messina out of the press box. <laughs> like, uh, We actually knew... We, I'm sorry. That was, I just screamed in the microphone. We actually knew who the emergency Reed backup goalie something. was. What? How do it, you know? Him? Because Mike's friend, and I'm probably messing this up, but it was Mike's friend was at the game, mm-hmm. and his friend's friend was that guy. Was Reed, whatever his <laughs> yeah. name is, amazing. And he was, you know, he's the Rangers backup goalie, but obviously had to suit up for the Penguins as soon as Smith went out. That's crazy. That would have been fun. That would have been. He funny. sent us. He sent. He sent a selfie to Mike's friend, and Mike eventually showed it to me and it's just he's in his like penguins jersey and he's just looking at the screen like oh my god how am i in this situation (laughs) yeah right (laughs) that's amazing and then there was another one last night where jack lafontaine dresses up for the hurricanes because ronta goes out so that's happened twice now nobody's gotten in yet but back to the rangers uh yeah 79 saves from igor and you lose i think i i have a little so my so i have two takes coming out of the game number one was what i just said if you have 17 opportunities to beat a grocery store clerk, you have to score and you have to stop complaining. And number two is if they had won, they should play Georgiev tonight. But because they lost, they need to win. They're going to go with Igor. But if they had won that game, I think that you play Georgiev tonight. And I 
I still wouldn't be shocked just because of how long that game was, how many saves he made. I would be surprised. It's a must-win game. But if they had won, I think you would have to go with Georgiev. They're going to go with Igor. I just worry that he is going to be exhausted tonight. Yeah, I mean, I have a tough time, even if they had won. I mean, uh, Shesterkin's the guy who got you here. He's your horse. But, He's your rock. I yeah. just have a tough time. The way Georgiev has played through stretches of this year, I mean, he's his last game of the regular season, I forget, I'm blank, uh, versus the Canadians. Like, he let in three or four just, like, goals that you just can't let in. Yeah. I have a tough time justifying putting him in a game, even if you're up 1-0. Okay, it's 1-1, but you just lost home ice. And then I had something else to say, but... I mean, to Georgiev's credit, he's, you know, he's playing behind the Hartford Wolfpack in that last game. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) doesn't stop you from making I mean Jeff Petrie came down the short side with like 30 seconds left that's got to be stopped yeah, well, I, I agree that even if they had won that game I think Shosturkin would still be in the net I, it's just crazy to obviously everyone in that game is probably exhausted especially yeah. the goalie who had to make 79 saves uh you know who's not exhausted Artemi Panarin because that guy did not show up yeah he didn't he did not show he up. was invisible so he's got to be more visible tonight. Also, he's got to have the Kucherov bounce back. Yeah, what's up? Also, like, forget they had 17 shots against Louis Domingue and still couldn't get it done. It, it should have been done even before Louis Domingue oh, came yeah. in the game. I mean, they had the three on two with Fox. You had yep. Strom wide open for one time on one side and Cop wide open for one time on the other side. The game should absolutely have been over there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a great pass from Fox. Strom looked like he had no idea that the puck was going to be even coming near him, which I don't know how that can happen. But like, they they had. So many chances to win that game, and yeah, should the goal to end regulation been a goal? I think yes, but you can't. When you had almost a whole nother game to get one goal after that, I don't think you can really blame it on that anymore. Penguins also hit like four posts, like they did from the third period onward. Yeah. So, felt like both teams should have won that game before Pittsburgh eventually did. It was Evgeny Malkin just after or just before midnight. On Tuesday night, and now they go again. They're just about six hours from right now at Madison Square Garden, and Quicks and I will be there. I believe it's on TNT or TBS tonight, one of the two. TNT. TNT. Uh, so for those not joining us at the Garden, there's some funny stories about parking garages closing and people running out and getting to come back in. <laughs> I saw some funny stories on Twitter about like the craziness that ensued and after that game. Uh, the winner of that series will play the winner of Carolina-Boston. Carolina has been thoroughly dominating the Boston Bruins for the last two nights. They're up 2-0 after two wins at home. Pyotr Kochtekov, no idea. He doesn't speak English. Kochtekov, thank you. He doesn't speak English as we know. Emily Kaplan says it, and uh, that, oh, he's this 22-year-old goalie who doesn't speak English, and he's going to win the Hurricanes this game. He wins the game for them. Bergeron does get two goals, but they win 5-2. Carolina's firing on all cylinders right now, and I think if you're the Rangers, you don't want to look ahead, but if you do look ahead, you're a little scared. Yeah, you absolutely can't look ahead, but I, the way that Carolina's playing right now combined with the way that they pretty handedly stifled the Rangers offense in all of the games that the two teams played this year I I would have a tough time picking New York in that series and Boston just looks outmatched honestly at this point the Bruins they obviously have the elite talent with Pasternak and Marshawn and whatnot but I don't know if the goaltending's really been 
up to the level it needs to be at if you want to take out a team like Carolina. And Carolina is just so deep, so I think they're just kind of overcoming Boston at this point. Yeah, our own Colin Lochran is currently on a manhunt for Tuka Rask. Uh, yes, he, wa- he wants Tuka Rask's cell phone number to get him in the game. <laughs> I don't know how you play Old Mark last night. That's such a bad decision. But yeah, I mean, Kochekov actually looked dirty against the Rangers in that, really in that game where like, I think the the Canes were up two points. It was really late in the regular season, the last regular season game that I covered. Um, and it was basically the Rangers' last chance to win the division, and they were just completely stifled by him. So I've been scared of this team all year. Um, we got to get past the Penguins first, but yeah, no, there's yeah. definitely not going to be an easy road to the Cup either. Any way you shake it, no, of course not. Uh, and and it was never going to be, obviously. But this this Carolina team looks hot right now and if they could win one of these games in Boston this thing is effectively over I I would expect to see Jeremy Swayman tomorrow night in Boston I I don't see why you wouldn't put him in but maybe maybe they stick with Omar I don't know why you would stick with Omar I've hated that contract as we talked about since it was signed and and now it looks really bad because he just has not looked good really in either game and they they need to Need to get moving here because this could be the last. This is the last year of Bergeron's contract. It could be the last year of the Bergeron era, and they, they don't want to go out like they have the last couple of years. Where they lost in the first round in 2020, they lost in the second round last year, and they're on the on the ropes here in 2022. Else, elsewhere in the East, uh, let's go to Washington, Florida. That game was weird in a lot of different ways the Panthers literally had not lost a game when they were up after two periods and they blow it they let up three in the second speaking of goalie decisions would you be surprised if Spencer Knight led the Panthers out tonight I would not personally but Bros- uh, yeah. I don't know I mean yeah some of the goals maybe weren't they the had best. a quick hook on him last year although they obviously it's a, a different coach obviously a different coach now I feel like I would I'd go with Bob again, but yeah. I mean, you know, maybe not entirely surprised if, if Knight comes out. Yeah, that Wilson goal felt like he could have had it. The 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 Kucherov, uh, the Kucherov, Kuznetsov goal was was just a one on zero that you expect a high paid goalie like that to stop more times than not. I don't know. You you have a this is a weird feeling now with the Panthers. You didn't expect them to be down in this series, and now they are, and like. Washington was that team 10 years ago that was the best team in the league and lost to the Canadiens in the first round. They know how to do this. Won a Stanley Cup. I I didn't see it coming, but now it, it looks... I We all kind of look dumb for not kind of expecting this almost. I mean, I don't know. First round matchup, I wouldn't take too much out of the first game. Uh, obviously, this Capitals team is very experienced and not uh, pretty fresh off of a Stanley Cup run four years ago. And they have an Ovechkin that's basically, you know, playing like he is 25. Uh, so, I don't know. Later on in this playoff run, that could come in handy. But right now, I think Florida has shown all season that they are the best team, at least in the East. Uh, and even though they lost their secret weapon, I'm sure that Kodak Black's not coming back for Game 2. Um, I'm definitely going to favor them here in Game 2 tonight. Yeah, I'm not that worried about... Carolina. I mean, look at there were so many results in the game ones on Monday night that got completely flipped in the game twos last night. Definitely. So I mean, it's it is one game. I remember last year when Colorado absolutely 
whipped Vegas in game one, like ran oh, circles right. around yeah. him. And we all came on here. We were like, Colorado's winning the cup. Like, it, it is confirmed. And then Vegas ended up winning the series in six yeah. games. So it is game one, but if you're if you're Florida, you, you, you do need to win tonight. Yeah, I would agree. They, they definitely need to win tonight at home before they head back to Washington. Tom Wilson, day-to-day, seems like he's going to be out for tonight's game, which is huge, obviously. He scores the first goal of this game less than uh, four minutes in. Claude Giroux had a sweet goal that, when he kicked it to himself. Did you see that one? He got kicked it to himself off the off the rebound. That was a sweet goal. But, yeah, three unanswered in the third period for Washington. It's not something you've really seen from Florida at all this season. And one was with uh, 49 seconds left. But not something you've seen from Florida and not even really something you've seen from Washington. They haven't been a great offensive team outside of Ovechkin, which, you know, obviously they haven't been that great except for the greatest goal scorer of all time. But... Yeah, you're right, though, Tyler. Obviously, if we had done this podcast 24 hours ago, we would have been hitting the panic button about Tampa Bay um, because they looked like a dead team, like dead people skating um, on Monday night. And they came out last night and looked looked like the team that beat the Islanders and, and, the, and Montreal last year late in that playoff run because they seemed disinterested. They seemed lazy. They seem like they didn't want to be there on Monday night, and they come out on Wednesday night and remind the world why they're the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And I think if you're a Tampa fan or just hate Toronto, that's what you wanted to see, and now it's tied 1-1 headed back to Florida. Yeah, after Monday night, Tampa, I picked Tampa to win versus Toronto in round one, and that was the series that I was, after all the game ones, I was definitely most worried about that one because game one, it was not even close at all. Like, Toronto looked like, they belonged in a different league than Tampa Bay, but Tampa showed why they're the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. You don't do that unless you you know how to face and overcome adversity. And I was really excited for this series, so I'm hoping these next few games are going to be a little closer because it's been two blowouts, really. I know Toronto kind of made it a game late last night, but I was really excited for this series, and I'm hoping that we can maybe get some closer games. Yeah, I mean, as we head to Tampa, hopefully that environment charges up a little bit of a... Oh, did I just say charge? I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, a bit of a, a closer matchup. Um, not to be uh, missed last night, Victor Hedman had four points on only three shots on goal. That's pretty cool. Uh, this is a... That's hard to do. That's not... It's not easy. <laughs> um, but three assists definitely helps. If it was three goals, you know, that's <laughs> that's a different story. Um, but yeah, no, this... I, I'm sure that this... This matchup is probably going to go six or seven because these are two teams that are really good. Um, obviously, Toronto always chokes in the playoffs, but that doesn't mean that they can, you know, they can't force a, a, a long series as they did, you know, against. Well, actually, no, the Canadians forced that uh, when they were up three one over the Habs last summer. Um, it's really it's going to be tough for for Toronto if if they can't get past the first round again. Obviously, but um, you know, I'm excited for the rest of this series because. You know, you got a lot of stars, a lot of star power in this one. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So we, we have eight brackets in our FUV NHL pool. The three of us, along with Sam Borer, James Burl, Matt, what do you call Burley. him? Burley. Burley? The dirty dog of the MLS. Burl or Burley? I can't hear you from over there, James. Come. Uh, okay, it's Burley. Sorry, didn't, James. You didn't believe me? No, I did believe you. <laughs> Why do you call him the dirty dog of the MLS? Because him and Nick Guzman are the dirty dogs of the MLS. <laughs> you could follow James for your uh, for your New York Red Bull coverage. Uh, we all picked the Rangers. 
Oh, Matt Benzo and Mike Messina as well. We all picked the Rangers, which seems obvious for a lot of reasons. We have a split pick in Carolina-Boston. You and I have picked Carolina. We are five of the eight, I think I, I didn't pick Boston. I completely forget, but... <laughs> I no, you did. Boston. So I did. You picked Boston. I, I wrote Tyler that. picked Boston. You started. You okay? So what's your reasoning for picking Boston? I picked Carolina because they're they're fast. They're they're so strong. All three of their goaltenders are awesome, and they have a great home ice advantage. Obviously, that's where it worked out in the first. We picked these before this yeah. before game one. Obviously. So what is your reasoning coming into the series for picking? Boston? My reasoning was it was a couple things. It was one, this is probably the last, if not one of the last runs for this core in Boston. I thought maybe they were going to you know. Bergeron's a free agent at the end of this year. We don't know what's going to happen with him. I was hoping that Boston would be able to turn it up to another level. Carolina didn't exactly come into the postseason flying. I don't think they won their last few games, but they weren't an amazing team in you know March and early April. And I don't know. I thought you know the playoff moment would kind of get to Ranta or Kachetkov here. I know uh, Frederick Anderson, not really a clear timetable when he's going to return. I thought... These guys like Pasternak and uh, Marshawn were able to feast on this inexperienced playoff goaltending for the Hurricanes, and that clearly has not happened. But you know, uh, maybe I regret the pick, but there's still there's still plenty of hockey left. You know, uh, the saying, "You never in trouble until you lose on home ice." That's what I was going to say. Boston has not true. lost on home ice yet. Yeah, and Boston is a very tough place it to, is a tough to place play to as play. an away team. I am not ready to write this series off yet, simply because of that, because we have not been to yeah. Boston yet. No, I'm not either. But they do need to win on the road. If yes. eventually, if they oh, win well, yes, mathematically, point. that is five essential. or seven. They gotta yes. win one of those. Yeah. yeah, so they're over two, but there's still two left, uh, and that's math. But <laughs> uh, you know, that's I mean, that's mostly for many of the reasons that you just mentioned. Um, why I picked Boston, obviously, of an aging core, but a you know a team that's been to the dance many a time, especially a lot of these players. Um, at least with with Bergeron and Marchand, I mean, they were they won a Stanley Cup. Now, like, 11 years ago, but at the same time, you know, a finals appearance in 2013 and 2019. Yeah. Uh, this team has been deep in the playoffs, and you can't say really the same thing about Carolina. They haven't really been to, I mean, how far, have they even been to an Eastern Conference Finals since? Yes, they lost to Boston. They lost to Boston. One. Oh, right, in 2019. But other than that, I mean. They, other than that, they haven't been to the Conference Finals since they since won, they won, the, won the, the Cup, I think. Six. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be right. Uh, and it's a little bit of that that deja vu where the young goalie comes in for Carolina twenty young twenties and and starts starring in the playoffs. Obviously, Cam Ward being the 2006 Stanley Cup mm-hmm. champion. There, we all picked uh, Tampa because Toronto's cursed, and we all picked <laughs> Florida because Florida's really good. Okay, I don't think we have to explain any of those picks. That seems yeah. pretty obvious. Uh, there. Let's start with Edmonton, Los Angeles out west because I think that was a super interesting game last night. That turns out a 6 nothing defeat for the Edmonton Oilers on home ice. You said the series doesn't start until the home team loses. Well, this one started in game one when Mike Smith turned the puck over and eventually it ended up in the back of the net. Um, we have six picks for Edmonton and two for Los Angeles. Unfortunately, Matt and Colin couldn't be here today to defend their pick because I am interested in why they chose that. I could see it in the fact of, in Game 1, the Phil Deneau line shut down Connor McDavid just like they shut down, when he was on Montreal, Austin Matthews last year. And that's how they're going to win this, uh, with a resurgence of 36-year-old Jonathan Quick. But if Mike Smith plays like 75% of the goalie he was post-trade deadline, which he did yesterday and didn't on Monday, 
Tyler, I think this will be over relatively quickly. Yeah, I just feel like Edmonton's gotta gotta make a run here at some point. Uh, McDavid hasn't, you know, maybe been the best playoff performer. He did have that beautiful goal. Was that, was that, that was last sick. night? Or that was game one. Game one. So he was not good last night. Actually, no. I thought he was bad, is, very bad last night. If the Oilers can win six nothing when Connor McDavid has an off night, then this team can go pretty far. I just think that the Oilers. It, it means this series means more for the Oilers if that makes sense. Like yeah, the Canes 100%. can lose, and they're they're really just playing with house money. The Oilers need to have some results for the season they had in the postseason. So I, I think that at the end of the day, that's gonna push them through to the next round. And as long as my, Mike Smith stays in the net, then yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't don't leave the crease. Yeah, I mean, like last podcast, we were talking about the potential of separating Drysaitel and McDavid. So, I mean, this is a series that if they don't win it, uh, could really have some ramifications for the way this team looks in the future. Uh, and, you know, this they've had enough uh, first-round exits to yeah. justify, you know, something crazy like that. So, I, obviously, the Oilers have way more to lose in this in this series than the Kings. But I think that maybe, who'd you say pick the Kings? Benzo and Lochran. Benzo and Lochran. You know what, you know what they are? They're stuck in the past. <laughs> because because they're thinking about that Gretzky series, his first series against the Oilers after uh, getting they're traded stuck to from the before Kings. they were born. Yeah, they stuck in the past. Yeah. Thought maybe you were talking about the Kings winning two Stanley Cups in three years or something. Oh no, 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 not that. No, not that, not that. Not that could, stuff. Not, how could no, we discuss no, no, that? No, of course not. So who are you, who are you rooting for in this series, Quicks? Oh, of course, the Kings. I mean, uh, <laughs> is it how could you not root against the team with the two MVPs? It's like oh, interesting. I'm rooting for for me. I, I'm rooting. I, I'm rooting for Edmonton at the end of the day, but it's tough because Jonathan Quick's a good old Connecticut boy, and I always, yeah, root, I always I, root for the Connecticut boys. But and you root for him because he broke my. Well, he broke both of our your mine. rivals' hearts. I don't care about the Devils. All right, well. but he did break your heart. That's true. Um, that's true as well. But no, he's he's a Connecticut boy. I always got to root for for the home state. But I am rooting for Edmonton at the end of the day because I, I want to see McDavid go as far as possible, and also I want the Battle of Alberta in round two. Yeah, that's mm, what that I'm thinking. Awesome. Yeah. I want that. And you were the only one who picked against that. Yeah, so I let's know. talk about this. This is I a know. nightmare matchup for Dallas yeah. because they have one line of forwards that's actually good, and the rest of them are actually bad. That being the Jason Robertson, Rupe Hints, Joe Pavelski line, which might be the most fun line in hockey. But the Calgary Flames are A, coached by Daryl Sutter, and B, have two different Selkie uh, possibility, like Selkie nominees playing center on their team. So they can run out either the Mikhail Backlund line or the Elias Lindholm line against the Rupe Hintz line. To me, this is going to be over really quickly. You pick the Dallas Stars. Yeah, this might not be a satisfactory <laughs> explanation, but I, it, it really came down to it had actually nothing to do with the Dallas Stars. It had everything to do with the Flames always choking the playoffs. Okay, and I wanted to sprinkle in some upsets there. There's That's, always upsets in the NHL playoffs. There's oh, there's going. I feel like there's going to be one division winning team that loses in the first round. There's always one. And it's not gonna be Colorado. I didn't think it was gonna be Florida. Florida. So I I picked Boston and and Dallas. I was like, okay, I think one of these two teams will get it done. I mean, they only lost. I didn't really watch any of the. It was an interesting I didn't game. Watch it it. Was... I was so down bad after the Rangers <laughs> game ended. I just went to bed. It was an interesting game because it was one nothing early. It was one nothing before the Ranger game even ended. Obviously, the Ranger game never ended. Um, and I tuned in and I happened to catch a huge fight at the end of the first period. I don't know if you saw that. Raffle. Matt, Matthew Kachuk. Feeding Kachuk. Well, yeah, with Rath- Raffle and then Klingberg and Anderson. Rasmus Anderson got into a fight. Like the secondary fight, the automatic kick out of the game fight, 
Uh, so that was weird. They both each team was playing with five defensemen, and it's one nothing after the first period. Like, oh, this is going to be a barn burner for the rest <laughs> of the game. It ended one nothing. Klingberg and Anderson. That's like the best defenseman for each team. I know. <laughs> so it was a weird one, but uh, I think I think Calgary is going to absolutely roll. I have Calgary as my Western Conference champion, as do a few other people here. Um, I I just I really like Calgary. I think they're a fun team. And Dallas has nine forwards who suck. <laughs> so at the end of the day, Calgary's going to win in five games. In uh, in Tyler's defense, you've never won a bracket pool by picking all of the favorites. A hundred percent, hundred percent. That's how you. And there's the always odds. one. The there's odds. always one like real favorite that goes down early. Um, I don't think it's going to be the Flames. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> if it was going to be anybody coming in, it was going to be Carolina. Of the four division winners, in my opinion. I agree. Because Boston is the toughest of the four wildcard teams. But now maybe it's Florida. They're the yeah. only team that's lost. So Colorado's not losing. <laughs> we can get to them in a second. Uh, three of us had uh, Calgary as the Western Conference champion. Myself, Mr. Thomas Quigley, and Mike Messina. And I picked them because, to your point, you don't win bracket challenges by picking what everybody else picks. So I went with Calgary because I, they figured I was going to be the only one. I ended up being one of three. Um so yeah, I, you thought I, all seven of us were going to pick the Avs in the final. I did. I knew Sam was going to. Well, yeah. I figured Tyler. <laughs> I fi- I just thought all you were going to. I don't know. So I picked Calgary. It was just a thought I had. Um, so you mentioned the Colorado Avalanche. They were amazing, amazing the other night. They score five goals and run David Riddick out the building, uh, and then they win seven to two. I I wrote my prep before game one, and I wrote "Miss me with David Riddick," uh, and I feel like that's kind of the sentiment of everybody uh, here. Nashville completely screwed themselves over in game 82. They blew a 3 or 4 nothing lead to Arizona. And by losing that game, they played themselves out of a series with Calgary and played themselves into a series with Colorado. Um, and David Riddick is bad, and UC Saros is out four to six weeks. So, yeah, goodbye. Yeah, David Riddick. I mean, Colorado was obviously the better team that game, but I don't think it was a 7-2 difference. I mean, a lot of those goals that Riddick left let in, in the first period were just goals that cannot go in in any situation, much less game one of the playoffs when you're playing uh, one of the two biggest favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And yeah, this is, uh, I mean, are they, do we think they're going to start Riddick again tonight? Who's even, who was their third string goalie? I don't remember. His, I was I was off the game by the point. Yeah, he, by like the time this he came could in. be four games just absolutely getting smacked here. Yeah. I'm and, pretty sure... I this is the only sweep that I predicted in the first round. Did I even predict this as a sweep? I might have. I, I didn't predict any sweeps. I don't think. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I did either. Safe. But, um, yeah, they. It was Ingram. His name is Ingram. He had, he only added what Connor Ingram. He only went in one goal. He's twenty five years old, and ends up saving. Oh, he only had two goals. Thirty out of thirty two against the Avs. Start that night, him. That's pretty good. You're playing with house yeah. money. You're not supposed to win the series. You're not going yeah. to win the series. Why, why not start in, him? In forty four fifty six of ice time, he puts up a nine thirty eight save percentage. That's not bad at all. Not bad at all. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they started him. You might as well. David Riddick is not the guy. He's a great story. His brother, I believe, has autism and he raises his brother partially raised his brother. Fantastic uh-huh. story. Fantastic guy. Not the guy in this series. Uh, UC Saros was the only chance they had of winning any series they were playing in. And against this team, they might not even have had the chance there. I wonder if UC Saros being good has delayed Nashville's inevitable rebuild. Because this team is not built the best way, especially in the salary cap. Obviously, Duchesne had an $8 million season this year. Ryan Johansson did not. 
So I kind of wonder, you know, uh, if if Nashville if Nashville starts to tear it down after this season. Yeah, obviously a, a great goalie can expose a lot of holes, and it's clear that even if you put UC Soros in this series, the teams like the Colorados and the Floridas are so far ahead of Nashville, and it's the age-old question, you know, do you keep trying to make the playoffs and, you know, you get the revenue, and obviously it's fun for the fans to make the playoffs, or do you just tear it down maybe a little bit ahead of schedule in an effort to really build up your prospects? And I think that that's obviously the number one question that Nashville has going into this offseason, which will probably be starting in about a week. <laughs> Blow it up. Sweet. Blow it up. <laughs> I, I tend to agree. Um, shockingly, we have eight picks for the Colorado Avalanche. And I would love to see Flurry versus Colorado Part 2 in the second round. And last night was the first step in doing that. Minnesota ties the series with St. Louis. David Perron with a hat-trick, night one. Kirill Kaprizov with a hat-trick, night two. And Joel Erickson had a hat-trick taken away from him because Marcus Foligno was 50 feet off sides. They win 6-2. to two. Uh, They tie the series at one. They split the games at home. This is going to be a seven-gamer, I think. Uh, Billy Huso was bad last night after shutting out Minnesota in game one, so that was obviously a little bit concerning, a little bit unexpected. Uh, how could you not love the Minnesota Wild and Kirill Kaprizov? That place was rocking last night. As I, I said it a few weeks ago, I think if you're not rooting for this team, if you have if you have a grudge against the Florida Panthers, you should be rooting for the Florida Panthers. But if for some reason you're not, you got to come to the Minnesota Wild. Every other year, they're the number one team on the bandwagon, I think, but... Uh, there are a lot of fun, there were a lot of fun to watch last night. Yeah, this is one of the best, if not. But putting the Rangers series aside, I think it's this series and the Leafs Lightning series that I'm most excited for. I mean, there's first off, there is literally a scrum after every single whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is this series is like playoff other. hockey personified. If you want to show someone like, okay, I'm gonna sit you down for your first ever NHL playoff game. This is what the playoffs are. You show them one of these. Show games. them game two between like, Minnesota and, and I mean. Obviously, Minnesota had to come out and win last night. I mean, Huso completely stole game one. Yes, it was he, very good. The, it wasn't, what was the final score? 4 nothing. 4 nothing. But the Wild, I mean, they, they played fine. I think it was just a matter of time before they were going to get one by him. And Krill the Thrill, man, he is definitely, I mean, he, is he probably, he's probably will end up being the best player in that franchise. Is. Yeah, I'm mean, trying is. to think him or Koivu. But oh, skill wise, if, if they win this series, he's already the best player yeah. in franchise history. This guy's unbelievable. Yeah, he's insane. The thrill. Yeah, this is a this is a fun one. All eight of us picked Minnesota, which surprised me. I thought really? somebody was going. Oh, with I was really. Wow. I I this almost picked the Blues, and and like, for some reason, a lot of it came down to the Winter Classic. But <laughs> <laughs> they St. Louis won the Winter Classic, didn't they? No, uh, no, no. no. St. Louis beat them, and then Scott Van Pelt on uh, after Game One. Just said oh. for some reason. Yeah, yeah. He said yeah. he said St. Louis hasn't beat Minnesota all the regular season long. Completely, like, well, just which is the other false. way around. It's the other way around. And it's like St. Louis won years six, past this too. I think it's like uh, before the series, it was like St. Louis is nine zero and one in their last ten against yeah. Minnesota. Which, to be honest, if I had seen that before the series, <laughs> I might have switched my pick because it was this was so close. Yeah, it was very close. Uh, St. Louis won six four, by the way, in the Winter, in the winter Classic. Classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you said St. Louis. Why did I think you just said Minnesota? No, right St. Louis. Okay, yeah, but yeah. I said St. Louis won, and you both said no. You said it came down to the Winter Classic, which St. Louis won, but you picked Minnesota. And I said, that doesn't make any sense, St. Louis won. And you said, no, you agree with Quicks. Y'all confused the hell well, out of me. St. Sorry, Louis? Sorry, sorry, I said I almost picked St. Louis because they won the Winter Classic. Okay. That doesn't make any okay. sense, but fair enough. It doesn't. 
you're a weird guy. This is um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very confused. Um, so yeah, that that's kind of the playoff breakdown. So we have eight brackets, and we have a few different champions. Ooh, I did not want to click that button as I try to get to our brackets here. Um, I, you picked the Rangers. My champion needs 16 more wins, yep. Your team needs 16 more wins. That's yep. exactly right. I, sorry, I'm like completely locked out of my uh, my NHL bracket here, so I can't find out who Tyler picked to win the to win I the picked game. the Avs. Okay, and so I, I picked, need 15. And I picked the Florida, so I need 16 as well. Um, stop the count right now. Stop, stop, the, stop, count. The, count. <laughs> stop the count. Tyler wants it. Uh, we had a few different um, picks for for the Rangers. I believe Mike Messina also picked them to make it at least to the uh, Stanley Cup final. He picked, he picked them, them to win. win. Yeah, over the Avs, I think. James or Burl- no, over uh, Calgary. Over Calgary. And you picked them to win over Calgary. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. James Burl picked Col- Burley. Colorado. Burley, sorry. Picked Colorado over Carolina. Benzo picked Carolina over Minnesota. Colin picked Colorado over Carolina. Messina picked the Rangers over Calgary. Tyler had Colorado over Florida. Sam had Colorado over Carolina. I had Florida over Calgary. And Quiggs had the Rangers over Calgary. There it is. Colorado so, over Calgary looks pretty or over Carolina looks pretty good right does now. It does look very good right now for for those who had that. Um I I was a little bit surprised that nobody had Tampa. Because last year I had I picked against Tampa in some realm. I think I had Florida beating them in the first round. And Messina said, I ain't betting against them. And you said, Yep, me neither. I'm not betting against them until I have to. And they went and they won the freaking thing. And now nobody picked them to be Florida. That very much surprised me. I considered picking them to be Florida, but I, I at the end of the day my heart prevailed and I wanted Florida to win. So I so let's talk through this because I'm a little bit surprised about how that all eight of us had Florida at least to the conference final. That is surprising as well to know that all eight. I mean, personally, I, this was this was a really tough decision as well. I just it's I don't I don't want to cheer for Tampa to, yeah. to win again. No, no I feel like three straight win. cups. This team they've played so much hockey, and it looked like game one against Toronto. It looked like a team who's played so much more hockey at such weird intervals that no one is used to playing. Oh, yeah, they yes. looked completely dead. So we'll see. Um, Obviously, they looked way better in Game 2, but I think the path for Tampa Bay is just so difficult. I mean, having to play a team like Toronto Round 1 and then having to play a team like Florida in Round 2, and then if you get those two wins, which are insanely hard to get, you're only halfway there. They're going to have to beat four insanely good teams to win the Stanley Cup, and, I mean, it's Tampa Bay. They can do it, but I just feel like at some point the magic has to run out for this team. I mean, the last time that anyone's three-peated, who's that, Chris? The last time anybody's three peated, they actually four peated, buddy. Yep, yep. Yeah, they did. Uh, but that was early '80s for the Islanders, yep. and to that end, it was you know prefaced by another four straight champions in the uh, Montreal Canadiens. But what were they like? Sixteen teams at that time, twenty, like not thirty-two, not thirty-two. That's for sure. Uh, so, I mean, three peat is is one of the toughest things to do in sports. I can't even think of the last. The Yankees are the last team in pro sports to three peat. They have to be because I, this that hasn't happened. Yeah. Football. The Patriots yeah. never did. No, they never did. Um, Nothing. Oh, did the Warriors? The Warriors? No, they didn't because they, they lost the seventy-two win season. Game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really, all they had to do is win uh, one of three games, and they could not. But uh, yeah, so, so it's yeah. it's a very tough thing to do, and obviously, you know, the reigning champs are always you know a good a good pick for any sort of bracket, but it's it's very tough. It's a very tough road for them to the finals. So. That was my rationale. Also, 
I mean, I, I think I picked Flo- – no, I picked them to beat Florida. I have them in the conference finals against the Rangers. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I, oh, you know, I picked the Rangers over the Lightning because the Rangers are 4-0 against the Lightning this year. And as you pointed out so expertly last week, you only need four to win a playoff series. That is what I've been told. So that's the uh, that's the logic there. All right, so we have run through all eight playoffs. We have talked about our brackets. Uh, Burley, come on in here, buddy. So we're going to do the uh, – fir- we'll do first – should we do the first half of the awards program because James is the only one who showed up? Or is, be- is that – who's that back there? Do you promise to get his name right? Yeah, okay. Burley. I can't I – can't s- oh, Tyler who's here. Tyler who doesn't – okay, so he he didn't participate – What's up, James? So you got my text? I did get your text. All right. So I'm going to text Tyler now to do his. Hold on. Tyler. So you, you go ahead. And we'll just throw some Jeopardy music over this. Yeah, throw some Jeopardy music <laughs> as, as, we, as we await. So uh, our first award uh, presented tonight will be by the dirty dog of the MLS, James Burley. Nailed it. Uh, who will be presenting uh, the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year. We had... So all eight of us let me let me press it this way. All eight of us voted five we have five players on the ballot. You see your first place vote gets five points, four points, three points, etc. Uh, and we voted on pretty much all the major awards. So we're gonna start with uh the Calder trophy for rookie of the year, James. So I just want to make sure my levels are all good. Excellent. So the Calder trophy, the nominees are from the Detroit Red Wings, Lucas Raymond. We're clap we're clapping. Okay, we're gonna clap it up. Uh, from the Detroit Red Wings, Moritz Sider. From the Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegras. All right, so no surprises here, right? No we all we all pretty much had these guys in our top three, um, and this one, this one, as I as I counted up, not as much of a runaway as I thought it was going to be. James, go for it. The winner is by not a runaway, but by a decent margin, is Moritz Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. I thought Dawson Mercer was robbed personally but <laughs> Dawson Mercer got four points uh <laughs> one from you and two from New Jersey Devils beat reporter Sam Moore I'm so, pretty, sure, uh, not that, surprising I'm pretty there. sure that's as many points he had in the second half of the season too, <laughs> so. uh Colin also voted for him uh, I'll be honest I had no idea how this was going to work so it's yeah it's so, interesting to learn how this is working <laughs> I, I'm making it up as I go along too so Moritz Sider gets 37 out of 40 points Jeez. Colin Sam and Mike Messina all did not vote for him Colin had Jeremy Swayman first Sam had Trevor Zegers, as did Mike. Zegers comes in second with 32 points. And Lucas Raymond, a pretty dis- dis- distant third, excuse me, uh, at 22 points. So, to me, I, I do think when, it, you know, if we kind of mock this to the real thing, I do think Sider's going to win it at the end of the day. Uh, and I do think Zegers will be a close second. So, I, th- I think we did a pretty good job here. I think we did a great job as well. Sider just absolutely eight minutes for Detroit. Definitely the best defenseman on that team. And, you know, at the start of the year, about halfway through the season, it looked like, looked like Zegers was going to maybe run away with this. He obviously had the flashy plays that Sider didn't have. But uh, Zegers kind of tapered off at the end of the season. So did Anaheim. I think this was the right call. It's not a popularity award. It's a skill-based award. Exactly. It is. That's true. But, I, you know, you wonder if Zegers is going to get any points for having the two highlight plays yeah. of the year. What you think that you wasn't play? a hockey play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let me finish typing this. Da-da. Winner is him. Uh, I cannot ever spell that word. Burley, how you been? Okay, so yeah, how you been, Burley? It's been a while. I'm 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 well. It's good, good to be back on five on three. You know, it's been a while for me here, but you know, 
Just plugging away, enjoying life. So talk us through your bracket while we wait for Tyler to get the Vesna text. I got it. Oh, you got the text. All right, let's let's do this right now. Let's do it. All right, so we're gonna do the Vesna Trophy next for best goaltender in the National Hockey League. Three nominees: we got Igor Shosturkin from the New York Rangers. Wonder if he'll win. We got Frederick Anderson from the Carolina Hurricanes, and then we have Jacob Markstrom from the Calgary Flames. Not too, not too surprising not here too either. Surprising. Uh, UC Soros came in, in a close fourth, but at the end of the day, these are these are going to be the three nominees more likely than not. I think. Yeah, a, a great season for all three of these goalies, but I think no surprise here: the winner by unanimous decision, Igor Shesterkin of the New York Rangers. Yes, he is the only unanimous decision on our board. He gets forty points. Frederick Anderson twenty nine, Jacob Markstrom twenty two, followed by UC Soros, and then a tie between Ilya Sorokin. And Darcy Kemper. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to win and probably by unanimous decision. So we are two for two, boys. I don't think there's any way that you could have backed that up more than getting 79 saves in your first group playoff <laughs> start. So, yeah, I think we made the right decision there. thought Louis Domingue got a short. The short Ooh, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> there you go. Way to go. He does have a better save percentage in the, on the season. <laughs> he That's came true. in and made two thir- starts. 13 saves in like eight minutes. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he was he was so good. So take so I'm texting Quigs his his so take us through your bracket who you got what what's your rationale what what are your thoughts on on the on the three days here I I have Colorado over Carolina just because I think those have been my guys since the beginning of the season and when you have a prediction from the beginning of the year that rings true throughout the season you want to stick with it so I mean just are you saying that my Colorado over Islanders isn't going to happen Unfortunately uh, no I'd love to see Cal Palmieri. Uh, in the Stanley Cup final, but unfortunately that's not going to happen this year or next year. I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen either. Um, I have Colorado over Carolina because I think I loved the goaltending situation in in Colorado. A lot of people didn't. I thought it was built for the playoffs with Kemper and Frankie uh, back there, and because just they have such a dynamic group of players. Um, I think you guys mentioned. I actually have Tampa Bay in the conference final. Oh, you did. I, I, okay. ha- I had them over Florida. Okay, only interesting. only because I don't think. I think Florida is like one of those teams where they come into the playoffs and oh, you did. Look they that. are the best team in the league mm-hmm. fundamentally, but they will lose out to experience. And oh, I think literally. that's I think that's where Tampa has the edge over Florida and there's that local rivalry and you know, two teams in Florida for however many people saying we don't need two hockey teams in Florida, Tampa Bay is gonna put that argument to rest and say we only need one. But I think Florida will be back next year in a way that Tampa won't. Um that's just that's just me saying this year I'm going to go with experience over uh, raw talent. Okay. Yeah, you you tell Kodak Black that you're going to take his yeah, hockey team away d- from oh, him. I you mean, say that to his face. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, don't want to see guest. his reaction. I don't want to see his, his face and his guest's face. <laughs> I I didn't I I must have looked at the wrong thing. We did have a couple of different Tampa picks, but yeah, yes, that's that's a great point. So now uh, to present the Norris Trophy, we have uh, Thomas Quigley. The Norris Trophy. Presented to the best defenseman in the league. I didn't even write that. He got that by himself. It's actually kind of a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> Here are your nominees from the New York Rangers. Adam Fox. Last year's defending champion. Yes. From the Nashville Predators. Roman Yossi. And from the Colorado Avalanche. Kale McCarr. And the winner is? Your winner for 2022 Norris Trophy WFUV edition is Kale McCarr. Not surprising. This was the closest one by far. 
Tyler and I were talking about this before. Quince was the last one to vote. Shocker. Oh, no. <laughs> and if he had voted for Yossi, we would have had a dead tie at 36. But he voted for Makar, and we have Makar 37, Yossi 35. Um, wow. They had the two highest points, point totals. So I, I think at the end of the day, this is not terribly surprising at all. And uh, I, at the end, I, I think Yossi's going to win the real thing, personally. Because I think that a lot of people are going to rate that he had the most points. He had 96 points. He's probably the most valuable player on their team. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kale won. I keep going back and forth. I think Makar should win. I voted for Makar. I think Makar should win. I want to say I feel like Yossi is going to end up winning because of you said at the points, plus Yossi absolutely came on fire the second half of the year. He, yep. he definitely ended the year better than Makar. But then last year, I feel like people were saying the same thing, like, oh, Fox should win, but Hedman's actually going to win because of all the similar things. But then, you know, the stat boys, the analytic boys took over, and Fox ended up winning. So yeah. I feel like... The Ma- analytics I, boys are on Yossi's side. They're on his side? I think so. Last year, last year, Dom yeah, literally re- led a brigade for people to vote for Adam Oh, Fox. yeah. There was, he, he was out of control. It this was year, a cult. It was a cult. This year, it hasn't that been that dramatic. I don't know. I feel like Makar should get it. Yeah, but he's gonna get one eventually, so oh, I won't course. be I won't be upset for him if he doesn't. It's amazing he doesn't have one already, isn't it? I mean, if he stayed healthy last year, he probably would have won it. If he stayed healthy his rookie year, he probably he could have won it. He ended up winning the Calder. It's, ama- it's almost amazing he doesn't have one yet. I didn't vote Fox number one, but um, you, screw it, no. underdog. Let's go. I didn't even have you Fox didn't have in Fox my top on the five. Yeah. I, I think I had him in my top five. I don't think I did you, either. Uh, yes, Burl, Burley, and Tyler, the only two who didn't have Adam Fox on the ballot somewhere. Um, yeah, that's Messina and Quiggs had him the highest shocker. Well, um, hey, prove me right. <laughs> scored his first playoff goal. He did. You had Mackenzie Weger on your ballot. That was that was a nice underdog. And I was pick. looking for an underdog for <laughs> number five. Pick. I cannot give you one ounce of reasoning for it now, but in the moment, I was like, yeah, this <laughs> yep. is really this good. Right. Good, pick. This is good. And a few people had uh, Aaron Eckblad, who I think will get some. My votes. guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Uh, a few people had him, but I think he will get some votes as well. He's a great player. Uh, the final one we'll give away today, and then we'll do we'll do some when we get more people in here to 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 spice it up a little bit. I get to just pick which one I want to do. Ooh, uh, oh, I promised so I promised power. I promised Colin he would get to do that one. So I'll do. Hmm, we did that one. We did that one. We did that one. I won't do the heart. That's that. I'll do the Jack Adams Award. How about that? So the three nominees for the Jack Adams Award are as follows. They are Andrew Brunette, head coach, Florida Panthers. Gerard Gallant. No, that's not true. Yeah, Gerard. Okay, yeah. Hold on. Steve Harvey moment? Jerry. No, no. I, I, <laughs> I, I wrote the raw. I wrote fourth place. Why did I write fourth place? He literally came in second place. Oh, uh, well, we know he's done. <laughs> wow. Spoiler alert. Gerard Gallant, head coach, New York Rangers. Not going to win. So we know who the winner is now. And Daryl Sutter, head coach, Calgary Flames. And the winner with 37 points, Daryl Sutter, Calgary Flames. Quiggs, Colin, and Messina all voted for Gerard Gallant. Everybody else had Daryl Sutter in first place. I, uh, Again, I, if we're just comparing ourselves to the real bracket, I don't see a way Daryl Sutter loses this because they have been fantastic this year and much due to his systems. Yeah, I agree. I feel like he has done a little bit of a better coaching job than Gallant just because like the overall well-rounded game that Calgary has. Gallant, if he didn't, if he didn't have Igor Shosturkin... Where would he be right now? I think that's the big yeah. detriment to to his case. I had Gallant in third. Um, but I think, yeah, I think those three are probably going to be the nominees, and I think we might have even nailed the order there. I think we might have too. Strictly results-based, the way that 
the Rangers were last year and their spot right now, I think is maybe not entirely due to Gallant uh, taking over, but I don't think that they would be in this position if they, you know, still had no Davo. That's so. fair. That is very <laughs> no, fair. No, that, that's it. <laughs> I think both could be true. I think it's what did he re- did? He, how much could he really have done? The goalie coach was the same. Plus, if they had David Quinn, they wouldn't have gotten 108 points or whatever it was. Yeah. I think that, I think both of those things are definitely fair. Uh, so we had the Selkie and what else? The Selkie and the Heart. That's it. That's all we have left. So uh, you're going to have to stick around for next week's episode or whenever's episode to hear that, uh, who won those awards. You'll be shocked to hear our <laughs> to hear our picks. Uh, that we, we did go pretty chalk, which I think is good at the end of the day. We didn't get... We didn't get too much influence from the Ranger fans in our group. <laughs> um, I have never had more fun than I did with James making fun of you guys in the group chat on. Oh, that was a lot of fun. That was a great time. I'm sorry. I got my face put on a dartboard because <laughs> of it. Uh, is that dartboard hanging in your apartment yet? Quicks. Uh, no, Messina was going to hang it up Messina. 19 <laughs> times specifically. 19 <laughs> times. Very specific number. Um, I just designed it. He just designed it. I'm just a graphics guy. <laughs> Huge graphics guy. Oh God! I was rooting for the Penguins hard tonight. I no mean, way! Tonight I'm an unbiased beat reporter, of course, for WFUV Sports alongside my man Thomas Quigley. Burley, what you got coming up? You got MLS games. What, what you, what's what are you up to? I, I got everything coming up now. Um, <laughs> I got yeah, Red Bulls play this Saturday. Looking forward to getting back to Red Bull Arena. Um, haven't been there in three four weeks now, so I'm really excited for that. Very fun. Yeah. Tyler, you got anything? Well, there are no Islander no playoff Islander games. Playoff so. games sure about that? Yeah, I was checking my calendar. Google that. You want to double check that? Yeah, let me just check the calendar here. I don't see yeah, anything. Yeah, for some yeah, reason, just just I saw my name a little less October on staff's <laughs> yeah, so right? like, Wait, I have no more Islander games to cover. Tyler's name all of a sudden doesn't exist on staff's side. Oh, because the Islanders aren't in the playoffs. You just got to scroll to the bottom of the podcast. Right, to the podcast, of course. So thank you very much for listening to our extremely long episode. We appreciate you. Uh, we'll give away the two awards next week. We'll talk about potentially the end of the National Predators season, uh, probably next week. But we'll, <laughs> but the rest of these first-round series, what's gone on, we'll have much more of a grasp on what the second round looks like for sure. And uh, stay tuned, TQUIGSO4 on Twitter for all your Ranger updates tonight. Uh, Rangers against the Penguins game two, Madison Square Garden. For Thomas Quigley, Tyler Mooney, James Burley, Pat Amaruto, Amaturo, sorry. I'm Chris Hennessy, mispronouncing last names all day. And uh, we'll talk to you next week.